This is John Stepling, and this is Aesthetic Resistance, uh, podcast number 20. And uh, I'm here in uh, Indre, Norway, and with me is Chris Rossi from Los hey. Angeles. Hey, Chris. Ah. <laughs> so how, how are things in L.A.? Things are okay. I mean, you know, we talked about this. Um, you know, we're not uh, David Geffen, uh, you know, self-isolating on his super yacht in the Grenadines, but we're, uh, we're okay. Well, you know, this is, I, I have to say, I mean, in Norway, I mean, in Norway, things have returned to normal. Um, they've been normal for a month now. I, you know, um, they were never not really normal to be honest other than you can't drive to Sweden but that's about the only thing and I, I think that is about to be lifted um, you can go to Denmark um, but uh, uh, I read about <laughs> the United right. States and I, I just I'm really at a loss for words and and yesterday I mean Joe Nav and I talked about the digital fans in the baseball stadium right. And, and the digital crowd noise. But yesterday I read, um, I forget which teams, it may have been the Yankees or Phillies or something. Uh, game was canceled yeah. because, you know, six players tested positive. They weren't sick, right. Uh, right. they just tested positive. And the day before, so they canceled the games. The day before, yeah. um, a bunch of British footballers had tested positive seven or something. They retested them. Six of those were false positives. Mm. So you, you start to wonder, um, you start to wonder about, about all the numbers and all the statistics. But I, I think my question is, and we'll get into certain things culturally, but um, I was reading about the National Basketball Association and, and the amount of money team owners are losing. Actually, they're not losing money. Their profits aren't as big as they would have thought. Mm. Now, that tells you something about, about the profit margin for um, team ownership professional sports. But um, I, 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 I don't, you know, but they're still not, this is not good for the people that own baseball. It's not good for the league. It's right, right, and yet, and yet it's happening. I don't, I don't understand that. It's very really strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they got to keep it going. It's a, it's a machine. Um, you know, I mean, just not to harp on the the digital people aspect, but it's you know they they want to keep the spectacle going um, at any cost. It's it's. It's strange, and, and you know, same thing with things like film production and stuff. I know that in I'm jumping around a little bit, but I know that in no, basketball, uh, unlike baseball and basketball, they're sort of keeping all the players in a bubble. Isn't that right? They, right, they quarantine right. everybody together and do that. You obviously can't do that with baseball. They want to do that with film production now too. Take the entire cast and crew, you know, put them to a location. I mean, I know they're doing that now in other countries, but uh, but here in the U.S., they want to so kind of sequester everybody, get take their temperature every day, and. <laughs> and then you know go and film without any kind of outside influence but i don't know is that what the you know everybody's going to be in a kind of a bubble now and um, but back to your point about baseball that you know they say the season's in jeopardy now they canceled two games i can forget who the marlins were playing but um <sighs> and yet money's still being made so it's uh, yeah 
Yeah. Just, See, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's very strange. And I read recently the, um, I think the American Council of Museums or something, I forget, issued a statement that a third of American museums um, that have closed um, will never reopen. Right. And the question that, that comes to mind is what happens to all that art? You know, what happens mm. to those collections? And, and the answer is probably um, it gets sold to rich collectors very cheaply. And, mm. and if that's the case, we are, we are quickly um, returning to the 14th century where, you know, the church owned everything and right. um, the public had no access to, to anything. And, um, you know, and I read about like, like private beaches are open because the rich are beyond regulation apparently. And beyond of course they are, right. Anything. But public beaches, you know, are periodically closed. Um, because, right, right. Yeah, I, it just goes on and on, and it's, 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 it's. I, you know, I don't. Yeah, it's I crazy. Don't know. I, I can't get a reading on, um, on public opinion. See, this is the thing that baffles me because I, I wrote a blog post the other day, and because somebody had been, um, pitching this survey that was done, I think both in Europe and the US, I forget. Anyway, it said, you know, like 70% of Americans want the lockdown to continue. They don't want to go back to work till it's safe. And I thought, well, that's bullshit. That can't possibly be right. Um, then I looked at who conducted the poll, right? Mm. And it was um, Kext CNC, which is a subsidiary of the Publicis Group, which mm. is like the third largest media conglomerate in the world. Um, and on whose board sit, you know, the former consigliere for Walmart and, you know, hmm. German bankers, a former prime minister of Sweden, and all right, of these people. Right. And you think, well, yeah, I guess that's, that, that's what they're in the business of doing is, is constantly peddling this, this false narrative of some sort, I think, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It changes all the time. I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know anybody that actually likes the lockdown, but, um, and, you know, it, like what degree of lockdown are we in? It keeps changing. Um, uh, you know, yeah. But what's for what's for sure is people are losing, you know, businesses and livelihoods. And it's funny the other night, you know, um, you know, with what, what what does one do during this time? And you know, I'm trying to write, but I'm but also doing photography and just for the hell of it the other night, I went down to Chinatown in, in Los Angeles to take some photos. It was a ghost town. I mean, it was like, I walked for blocks. There was nobody there. Every business shuttered. Maybe wow. I saw one person walking towards me. Um, incredibly wow. surreal. And then, you know, your point about the, the private experience experiences for the rich. I mean, and that's going on, whether it's, you know, David Geffen on his yacht, or I, I think you saw maybe like it was a week ago last Monday that, you know, Jeff Bezos had the single highest day of wealth accumulation of any human ever. It was like $13 yeah. billion dollars in one day. Um, yeah. So this, this insane disparity is, is, I guess, being laid bare for those who want to see it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not, it's not exactly hidden. I, I mean, I, I just, there's so many surreal aspects to it. And, and um, you know, the Bill Gates vaccine thing is, is, 
is scary and and also surreal you know you keep pointing out like to people i keep going the guy's not a doctor okay he has no medical training he just appointed himself the voice of like global vaccination um that he happens to like own a huge part of um so you know but but it speaks to um it speaks to the way these 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 master narratives are constructed the way propaganda works and and it just i think it right. cumulatively works on people you know day right. in and day out it's just over and over and over and over you, you know what i've noticed talking about uh, public opinion but the last week or so i'm seeing little articles and things about how masks are kind of sexy you know and maybe oh, it's God. you know maybe saudi arabia has it renewed cover up a, a woman's face or a man's face and there's a sense of mystery <laughs> and they've and, you know, I, I, in light of that, I went out the other day and looked, no, it's not sexy. Everybody looks like they're coming or going from the OR, you know, which, yeah, which is well, also I, a, a rave because people wear colored masks and stuff. So it's... it's yeah, it's, no, well, but I mean, one of those, one of the really, two, two points on that. One of the really strange things was that very, very early on, um, the, there suddenly companies were producing masks for sale, like designer masks. And I thought it was a joke at first, but now everybody's doing it. And models wear masks in, in their photo shoots, you know, new pair of shoes mm -hmm. with the models wearing a mask. But the second thing, the terrifying thing, um, I saw an ad for a designer mask outfit for babies. And it had a picture of what looked, <laughs> what looked to be, you know, um, a two-month-old baby with a mask on—that's insane. That's criminal. That's dangerous. You know. Can't breathe. I mean, it's one of the things. Yeah, parents always are terrified of has is, is babies falling asleep in the wrong position on their face. Some, you know, because 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 very young infants forget to breathe, and mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's. I thought this is just boy. You know. Yeah. No. But designer outfit for your baby, complete with a mask. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the normalization of all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of of all of it, and I don't know, man. You know, I just to sort of segue into into culture a little bit. <laughs> um, I I was um, I went and looked at um, uh, a, a kind of a list of <clears throat> all the films um, released uh, in Hollywood by Hollywood. Um, mm. Uh, this this year and uh, it just it's staggering how bad it is mm -hmm. I mean there are so few films that I have even the remotest interest in seeing right and and it makes me really sad because you know I have very low standards as you know <laughs> I'll watch anything you know anything of course right and 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 yet um and and i don't it i don't know who's making the decisions but i mean they're just terrible ideas the concepts for films are bad mm -hmm. um they're either like really retarded comedies for for teenagers um there's a few kind of saccharine romantic you know melodramas really bad soap opera stuff. right 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 and then there's more expensive, high-budget, paranormal or Marvel comics. One of those, all those things kind of merge CGI films. 
Um, and there's not even that many of those, to be honest. It's, it's, it's mostly, it, and the independent stuff is, is also, it's all mostly just really turgid kind of, you can see the pitch, you know, you can feel what yeah, the pitch course, was. Yeah. And, 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 the, and, the, and the pitch is really bad, you know, but it's right. like, it's simple or something. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, they all yeah. are things like, I don't want to go, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's strange. A, a couple things on that. Uh, you know, the stuff that's actually being shot right now are the huge budget stuff. Like there's an Avatar 5 or 4 being shot in New Zealand now. I think Jurassic World is in England. But these are big productions, high concept, noisy, you know, paint by numbers, plot stuff. That you that's full of CGI. You don't need a lot of people next to each other. So maybe that's what's what's happening. You know, <laughs> sequestering people because I, I know that's the stuff that's being shot now. Um, but as for what's in the future, I mean, it was always hard to make films, but now it's you know studios like Amazon and Netflix, and they have to have content. So I think they're erring and making you know I don't know the dumbest stuff. But then they always were. So I you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that. <clears throat> um, there, there's an awareness, the people I know in film in Europe, in Norway, in Denmark, um, you, you know, they're busy, they're working. And the, the general sense I get is uh, like Netflix, Norway, um, they, they made a big investment to, to develop stuff in Norway. And Norway has no writers, so I mean, mm. I don't know. But uh, but they have good crews and, and good actors and, and so, you know, they'll, they'll shoot something, but, but there's a big investment, um, by, by Amazon and, and all of these places, uh, in European film, because I think, I think they've just decided, yeah, shooting in the U S is impossible right now. Right. Right. You know, and, and, um, and so, but you wonder I mean, because I, you look at what Netflix is turning out. This is very interesting, actually. Um, if at least this is what I get when I go to, you know, Netflix Norway. I guess they all change slightly, but there's a whole category of Spanish language, um, meaning Mexico and Spain, Spanish language kind of telenova films. Right, right. And there's like twenty of them now. That a few years ago that wasn't available that they didn't try to sell that um but they're so starved for content that they're just throwing this stuff out there and the stuff's dreadful you know right, it's right. terrible and um and and just anything that comes out of scandinavia gets thrown up there um uh, you know tv shows that are that are seven eight years old suddenly are appearing on netflix now right um so it's it's odd I, you know, I mean, I, I wanted, you know, I'm going to try to sell something to Netflix Norway since they seem so bent on, right. on getting product, but, right, right. but it does, but it does raise issues about the future of like feature films vis-a-vis -vis television and, you know, streaming and all, because it's increasingly feeling like the the theatrical release of feature films is dead. Mm. Um, 
I, well, you see, I, I'm, I, you know, on, on talking about Netflix, but you know, half the stuff is, and I watch every minute of it, you know, true crime dramas, true crime docs. You don't need actors for that. You're kind of editing it together. And, you know, some of that stuff's highly addictive. I'm, uh, sure. You know, Gone in the Dark on HBO. I think, and if you look on Netflix, there's, they, have, they always have, I don't know if they have this in Norway, but they have the top 10 most watched stuff. Right. It's like a greatest right. hits thing constantly and the algorithm's constantly being updated. And usually, you know, in the top five, two or three, or all of them are reality shows. Or, you know, I think the number one or two, which I started watching is Fear City about the, you know, series. I about watched the some of, of that. Yeah. The I rise some. of the mafia in New York City. But there's this, you know, there's great footage and it's kind of packaged and I'm seduced by it instantly. But yeah, no, yeah, you I'm, don't need actors for that. You know? Right, right. It's very cheap. And that it's interesting because I watched some of that. It got incredibly tedious and you realize at yeah. a certain point after about an hour that you've seen all of this before. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. th these are this it's not new material guys. Right, this is the right. mafia in the seventies. I mean, we've seen this, we know right. the story. Um, right. Uh, the, the, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, that I think that has permeated. I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about reality TV and the way that's permeated the culture, infiltrated and and established itself as a thing. Mm. And it's a it's a it's a it's an important like signpost or template that that or model, whatever the word you want, that that people refer to. I mean because those documentaries that Netflix slaps together um, are usually pretty bad. You know, they're addictive and I get it. I get why right. people watch them. I watch some of them. Um, I invariably never finish them, but, but, um, and it's interesting. The reason I don't finish them is I, there is, I think my ear still retains enough I don't know, integrity or something, that that sound of not very bright people speaking extemporaneously gets to me after a while. Right. Like, like, you know, these are not real articulate people. And, and it's, it's a study. I mean, one could do a doctoral yeah. thesis on speech patterns um, from, from Americans, American speech patterns. And the way reality TV has probably influenced that, um, but also yeah, just that's, in that's our a great point. Right, right. And you hear the same things over and over. And you, you know, you might, these speech patterns, the, the literal dialogue is that, you know, it was my worst nightmare or, you know, <laughs> never seen anything. Like, and you hear it on, you know, local right. news, someone right. witnesses something right. and they're saying the same things out of the thing, but it's, yes. It, it, you're right about doing a thesis about that stuff because I've seen and, and and then visually there's certain beats in all these shows. Um, there's always the one where somebody goes missing and then the town gets together and does a grid search. Um, right. You know, everybody gets yeah. together. You just see that, and then I'm like, I want to be part of a grid search. You know, I, I project <laughs> myself. I want to be the one. I see some bones over there. You know, you want to. <laughs> it's it's weird, and they know that somehow. Like I'm the one that discovered the body and. But you see that trope in every single one of these shows. It's it's yeah. necessary. It's like yeah. the crime board, you know, with you know that links together the. My God, how many? So yeah, forth. how often yeah. has one seen that? It's it's um I I mean I had a lot of theories at one time and about 
why certain shows this is this is this is another segue here but why certain shows dramatic shows scripted shows um are popular and why other ones aren't now some of it is just you know um serendipity some of it is the slot that a show is given you know right. if you got slotted opposite friends your show was going to get canceled you know it had nothing to do with anything else right. so i mean that's a lot of it but um i was watching perry mason the the hbo mm -hmm. thing now it, it, there's a lot to say about this show because it's not terrible by any means but it's mm. but it's a but it's a kind of a mess and um and actually doesn't make a great deal of sense either but but that's okay i never hold that against a show <laughs> but the reason it the reason i have kept returning to it i realized was that lead actor was matthew mm. reese right um, right is he's a great actor but it's something else there's mm. something about certain actors maybe especially in television but it's probably true in film too uh, uh that that hook you in they carry a show you know um right. people used to talk about in the old days james garner you know but it was true james garner right. was incredibly likable and non-threatening oh yeah and, and smart job. enough a good enough actor um you know deceptively good probably um because you watch yeah. him like the great escape or something he's actually rather good in that but right, but right. that that they carry a show matthew reese carries that show yeah there's something about certain actors that that they are able to um to i don't know that that they're, they're the watching them think watching mm -hmm their interior life somehow with, that they managed to convey to the camera. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just... Yeah. They can, they convey that with the least amount of effort and it's a, there's just a relaxed unstrained quality in the body or something that, that puts yeah. you at ease. I don't, but, but yeah, you're kind of no, willing but... to follow them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That may be, that's interesting. That's, I see, I hadn't thought that that's, that's quite possible um, because Perry Mason is only interesting when matthew reese is on you know right right yeah um, i haven't seen it i mean i want to check in what i what i kind of heard was you know why why remake this movie and um that was one of my father's has, favorite shows it's funny so but uh, yeah i'll check it out it has nothing to do with the tv show at all right right not even like not even yeah nothing the, the names you know um it takes place in 1931 in los angeles which which is like not a bad idea Mm -hmm. And here's a sidebar, like, <laughs> um, a, George Gerties had a cameo the other day on Paradise. Oh, okay. Right, right. And George, as usual, was very good. Um, but he's playing an old man. And it just, I suddenly felt so old. I said, oh, no. wait, yeah. man, when I cast George the first time, it was to play a young surfer. In, you oh, know, it, Actors was Theater. That, was that The Shaper? Yeah, the shaper yeah, where right, we did right, the right. Humana Festival in Louisville, and so where I met George, and he was like a really young. And I thought, but that was that was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it? 
God. That was like 40 years ago. Oh, it's so tragic. Anyway. Um, but, you yeah. know, to get back to, to some of the Netflix stuff and the crime stuff, yes. you know, just thinking about what the what's sort of the main ingredient of these things. And this kind of circles back to your blog post, which I just read, which I recommend everybody read is, you know, the idea of trauma. We just have to see there was a trauma, you know, the mafia in New York, somebody disappearing, somebody dying. Um, and that's really all, that's the core of all this stuff. And we're drawn to it and the repetition of the trauma. I think that's yeah. the secret sauce. That's really interesting because I hadn't even thought of it actually in that, in quite that way at all. And, and that, that that's part of the repetition that is maybe the primary repetition is, is this trauma. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, back to like why certain shows do well and certain shows did. The second part of my theory about that at the time was, um, that that people are attracted, at least Americans are really, maybe maybe all Westerners, but Americans are attracted to um, depictions of workplaces mm. that are mm. really friendly and full of smart, cool people, and it's relaxed, and the very opposite of no doubt what their work lives are like. Right. And if you look at the most successful cop franchises, the 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 depiction of the workplace, even if it's fraught with, you know, conflict or something, is still incredibly appealing. You know, right. the people right. are attractive. There's at least a couple really attractive people, and um, everybody or enough people like each other and bond. And there's a couple of buddy systems going on. And, and this is true even in sitcoms, of course, you know, mm. um, that, that there's a place that they can return to again and again. I mean, even a show like Friends, you're returning to this same place over and over. That right. is a friendly, warm, reassuring place. So you look at like Dick Wolf shows, you know, Chicago PD, um, right. which is supposed to be all hard edged and is nothing at all like that really. But but it's, yeah, I'd like to work there, you know. Right, right. That, that's you know, that, kind that's, of... Yes, that's, and that's interesting. But cause did, and, and then my thought is like, was it always that way or did it kind of transform? Because I remember growing up, you know, watching Barney Miller. And that was a fucking miserable <laughs> precinct to work in. And nobody looked happy and they looked tired and there was a camaraderie. But who would want to work there? Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the honeymooners set, you know, one. There's a perfect that's example. Not, you know, and, and then that kind of evolved to, you know, a comedy like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, that's a really fun place to work, but, you know, it's right. a precinct. But something changed, you know. That's a, that's, realism. you know, it's interesting. No, I think that's a, I actually think that's a kind of profound observation. It, the perfect juxtaposition in a way is the honeymooners in Brooklyn, whatever it is, Nine-Nine something. Um, because I remember as a small boy, um, you know, and I remember when not everybody had a TV, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's terrifying, but, and, <laughs> and um, we, we got a TV and by the time I was seven or eight, I guess everybody kind of had TVs and, and there was regular programming. It ended at like nine o'clock at night and right. started again at 10 in the morning or something. But um, 
and I remember the Honeymooners came on. And then later, as I was a little older, you know, reruns of the Honeymooners all the time. That was just constantly on at some hour. And I remember as a boy thinking, geez, this is really depressing. Why is this so depressing? It's <laughs> right. most depressing. It's more depressing than my house. And that's, yeah. that's saying something. Um, and you don't see that at all anymore. I mean, no. apparently that wasn't depressing at the time because probably that's how most people live. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I um, don't know. Exactly. Yeah. But certainly, um, you know, we're all aware of like the phenomenon too of people living, um, you know, you have a character who's like out of work, but, you know, looking for work and they live in New York and then they go home and they're living in this, in this incredible apartment yeah. that would cost $2 million a month, you know? Yeah. Um, no, that's, yeah, real estate porn is part of shows now. I mean, indeed, yeah. there are reality shows that are literally just about, you know, high-end real estate and people that sell them, but the spaces where people live and how, how that's evolved um, in film and television, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I yeah. mean, I, I, like Big Little Lies was absolutely a real estate right. show. You know, it right. was like aspirational homes. Um, and and this, I think, is true. I actually think this is um, a pretty large part of um, the post-apocalyptic genre, zombie films and stuff, is real mm. estate. You know, I Am Legend, was that the title that Will Smith? Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, he gets... It, the world is wiped out, but he has a really cool place on Washington Square Park. Right. You just take you know, over. The coolest brownstone. Yeah. yeah. And you think, well, if I could have that brownstone, I'd, I'd be okay with the world being wiped out. You know, yeah. I think that's how, how people kind of think. Um, but you it's a fantasy. You don't have to pay taxes or rent. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's clearly a big part of, of all those shows is that people want the apocalypse and so they can start over you know well there are literal there's the survival movie. shows right not just survivor yeah. but uh, there's a, numerous shows from all over the world about people you know just barely surviving or you know sent out into the wilderness and, and right yeah right and and um the thing is i mean and this is what we can circle back to covid in a sense too with this because People want the apocalypse, but they want Hollywood's version of the apocalypse, you know, mm. where the questions of sanitation and so forth never arise. Um, I remember watching, I never understood, I still don't understand why The Walking Dead is so popular, but never mind. I remember watching yeah. some of them going, how the fuck do the showers work here? You know, right, like, right, right. Who you guys? That's amazing. You seem to always have showers that work, and nobody stinks. So you must all be taking right, showers. Right. And the toilets seem to always well. Like I, there's just no depiction of any of that, um, and 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 how difficult it would actually be to eat. You know, to yes, find food. Yeah. Um, they don't. They don't seem to have a problem with that. You know, unless it, it, you know, it's. Yes, yeah, and it, it's, zombies are the least scary. I mean, they move at the same pace. They make the same noise. I, the show's on its 10th season. I don't get it. 
It's insanely popular. It's the number one show in the country. Some, I asked somebody who was a fan and they said, well, you know, it's just very clear. It's good versus evil and you know who's bad and you know who's good. And, oh, okay, well, <laughs> that's what moves you. Yeah, well, it's certainly become part of the cultural vocabulary. You know, Rick Grimes right. um, <laughs> is referred to constantly as, you know, and Rick Grimes' Colt Python is even part of, like, <laughs> cultural Great names. vocabulary. Right. Jesus yeah, <laughs> it's just... But, Rick Grimes, yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's like a 70s porn star or something. But it's, <laughs> no, it's not, not, not a good name. Um, no. You know, one no, of the worst... But, we could do a whole thing on character character names or whatever, but my, this is a huge segue. But my, the, I think one of the worst character names I've ever heard is this is a huge digression. Uh, Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder. His name was Cole Trickle. I don't know how. No, my God. Yeah. Anyway, you could do a whole show on okay, that. Okay. Well, my favorite <laughs> um, worst name is um, Bobby Ax Axelrod in Billions. <laughs> Like who came up with that? I mean, it's yeah. just an, you know, terrible. Well, he's a hedge fund guy. So what are we gonna name? You know, yeah, terrible name. Um, Axel and Rod together. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and we call him Axe. You know. Right. Um, no, it's it's bad. Um, no, and it's it's interesting. Uh, the 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 COVID thing because I do think that. You know, people are comfortable with the idea of life being scripted for them, right? You've mm. talked about that. I've talked about this on podcasts, and 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 I get the feeling that in in people's unconscious or or semi-conscious brain, there's there's a way in which all this sort of fear mongering is being processed, like they process watching the walking dead you know mm -hmm. that 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 somehow it's it, it's acceptable so much of this is acceptable because it feels like they're in their own disaster film or something and, and yeah it hasn't it hasn't become dire enough yet quite although it okay to that point that. that's that's fascinating um just the idea of life being increasingly scripted for people so on our, my phone on everybody's phone we have these next door apps and a thing called a citizen app and we we all sort of have them and it explains it's sort of the conduit through which um you know it tells you about the lockdowns or you know you know we have this many covid cases we have this many you you're constantly given orders bars and restaurants must close now they can be open nail salons and, and barbershops have to close you know this constant stream of oh okay you know that we're reacting to um and then the number of COVID cases and the number of deaths. I mean, every day it keeps, I'd have to turn it off, but it pops up on the phone. But yeah, it's like you're in a movie and you're being given instructions. Um, right. Someone's right. writing the script and you're not clear what's real or what's not real. And it's, you're just, yeah. it's like you're in a fucking movie, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think this does. I mean, Jonathan Beller's work, who I've talked about a lot, you know, talks about the unconscious as a, as a film strip, and and uh, I I think that's right. And uh, you know, we, we've talked on podcasts too about um, the 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 way in which, and, and I see this in young people, and and my wife uh, who works at a at a culture school here a high school really um and and we know teachers 
um, here in Norway, quite a few through my wife. And uh, they, they will all say the same thing, that, that at the first year of high school, these kids show up and they, and some, this never changes, some it gets better, but they absolutely are like subliterate. They can't read, cannot, I mean, they're functionally illiterate. They have great trouble reading anything that's that's complex, and they expect, anticipate, expect um, a, a version of the drop-down menu or or you know multiple choice somehow for everything. And I right. and I said this on the program with Joe Novak because I'm always fascinated with when you go to a web page and you you want to contact whatever the company is, you have to go through this frequently asked question section right and right. never never ever questions that i want to ask ever ever not right. once and um <laughs> but but that somehow this is this has now been projected out into the world like where's my drop down menu you know yeah um, and and so that's part of what what those kind of apps and stuff do i think you know is is um, is is provide answers for questions you feel you should have asked even if you didn't you know right um, right, I, right I don't know I don't know but 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 that's the the young the young students entering high school don't read um, obsessed with with social media um, and, and watch tiny bits of content nothing's finished yes. nothing long yes. form is finished right and therefore only sh you know short form things are created it's TikTok. it's those things so yeah uh, decreased attention span um all that stuff and i just want to circle back to you you talked about going on a website or talking to a company and those frequently asked questions what so infuriates me is that you know you're, you're trying to get in somewhere and then it makes you we want to make sure you're not a robot you know click oh, on yes. click on the tree click on the, do you know what that is that no. is you're this isn't this will blow your mind they're getting you to do work you know you know it's all about streets and trees and cars and bicycles yeah. these yeah. are you're doing labor for an ai program for self-driving cars that's why it only has to do it so you're not clicking wow. on find the bird or find the elephant and the thing you're clicking on things that have to do with driving Cross and you're helping walks. build an algorithm for the next yeah. iteration of wow. tesla or whatever because it is, it's, it's always cars, buses, crosswalks, bridges. Yes, always, always. always. And that's the, look always. it up. That's the reason. So, you know, Man. how did this happen? We're all doing, you know, two minutes out of my life to do fucking labor for whoever. Yeah. It's, I always find it infuriating. You're right. Yeah. Like incredibly irritating. And half the time I click them and they go, no, that was incorrect. Here's another, you know, caption. No, no. Motherfucker, I, I was right, you know. Just, you I'm may so, not explain that as a, you know. I have this yeah. nightmare. If I were to, at the end of my life, I were to add up all the minutes I spent doing that, and then all the minutes I spent deleting or dealing with shitty scam email, like it's going to accrue to be like hours of my life I'll never get back. But but anyway, yeah. that's yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But that's that's you know, and and um, that idea of viewing fragments i read a statistic about the number i think i had it in the last blog post about the number of kids um who who have never read a book cover to cover you right. know they only read for i mean it's now very much 
like accepted and and part of the the whole um, cultural model um, that that you read sections of things. Yep. And and that it's perfectly fine if there is something that resembles a story for it to be interrupted. That's all perfectly fine. Nobody feels um, yeah. any any discomfort with that. I mean, I feel enormous discomfort and. And this is also like, I've noticed two trends with, with television. Um, you know, the way in which, unless you're a complete nutter fan <laughs> kind that writes letters to, you know, the, the, the studio or network or something, um, people just have now a built-in tolerance for, oh, that show was canceled, yeah, you know, right. and I'll never know how it was supposed to end, but that's, okay and i just i wonder the impact that has in on in real life you know yes um, the, the uh, constant interruption or disruption that's built in and you know what it's i it affects me i do you know i'll read like first paragraph of a newspaper and then i'll you know i'll read another piece and then netflix i'm gonna watch you know 10 minutes of fierce oh and then i'll check in on this movie and then uh, you know five minutes <laughs> of indian matchmaker or whatever but why you know that's it's within us you know yeah, interrupted yeah. short form content, no idea followed through to its, you know, it's very to its natural conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm convinced it does. I mean, I know what affects me. I read differently and, mm -hmm. and I'm scattered in ways that, that I did. I used to be really kind of obsessive about finishing books that I started. Yes. yes. And boy, I'm not anymore. Um, <laughs> it's so it, strange. Yeah, it, it, and then and then when when material is being constructed, plots and you know we see now in film, there are no real plots. I mean, you've talked about this. Nothing's yeah. thought through to its conclusion, and there's this you know it's a string of um, you know action set pieces, and that's John Wick or whatever. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and and um, that that idea of of. Um, of cancellation is 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 very peculiar and um and it mm. relates to, to people's tolerance of authority and stuff i think too but the other thing i've noticed back to the original point was um i notice increasingly um in my news feed you know if i'm on my 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 phone um and i hate doing anything on my phone but you know, sometimes I'm out and I only have my phone, so I read the news. And I there are these stories about shows that I've watched, mm. right? So they're because everything's tracked; they know what you watch, and so they build these algorithms around that. And and so stuff comes up um, about a show that I watched, you know, Yellowstone or something. And they will refer to the show as if it's real life, you know, mm. um, or Better Call Saul. Um, they refer to the to the character, not the actor, mm. um, as if this is a character in real life, that it's, you know, um, it, well, people were really surprised when in Breaking, you know, in Better Call Saul, when, when Jimmy decided to do right. this and this, that really surprised everybody. And I'm going, right. you know, the, that, yeah, the producers and the writers did that. that Jimmy is a fictional character. Right. But, but yes, seemed, God. It's and it's in the reverse or, or, you know, celebrities are promoted as if they were people in our TV show, you know, Kim and Conway and what's, you know, 
who this rapper is dating. I, I'm constantly, <laughs> who's doing that? Why is this in my feed? And why do I, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, well, that is, that's, a, that's one yeah. of the mysteries. I get things in my feed that I think, what, what glitch in the algorithm um, threw this into my feed, you know? Right, right. Uh, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure I could figure it out if I, you know, if I pondered enough, because I get that too, like, um, this rapper is dating so-and-so or, or, you know, Taylor Swift just said that, I think, I loathe Taylor Swift. I never, ever have ever looked up anything on a search engine right. about Taylor Swift. I know that. I know that. Right. But there's Taylor Swift in, in my newsfeed. Right, um, right. Cardi B and baby <laughs> with Migos. And I'm like, what happened to their baby? You know, in my mind, it's, but you know, it yeah. has to be, right? Because the the, the parent company of, whatever the website or the uh, newspaper also owns the record company. And so it's top down coming from time Warner's. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Sony I assume, is telling, I don't know. Yeah. I assume that's, you know, that's, that's probably the thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know like the future cause we're doing these quarantine one acts. Right. And, and you right. know, you're, you're part of that. And, and we're, all of us have talked at different times, the people involved and, the, there is always this kind of nagging question, and and I I feel it with you know I had one writer who still hasn't recorded his thing because he's lost three actresses in a row, oh um, because they don't want to leave the house or something something something, and so now he's on his fourth, um, and hopefully that'll work out and they can record it, but but. I know that the conversation always comes back to um, this is this is great and I love doing it and it feels really satisfying and and we want to keep doing it but but who is our audience ultimately mm. you know what is the potential right. who does this grow toward you know who more other than the weirdos and intellectuals that trip across you know who else i mean how many people are out there that were, are going to find this you know interesting now i get letters i mean it's it's really nice huh. and i incredibly nice from people who are fans two or three a week from complete strangers who say you know uh, your, your email is on your blog. And so we want to write you until the quarantine one acts are just great. And, you know, um, I hope you keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. And some personal anecdote, whatever it is, I, I two or three a week. So, so that's very encouraging in some way. Right. And you think, you know, I don't know these people are strangers. This is great. But beyond this <laughs> kind of niche um, audience, um, you know, where does, where does this kind of go? There's a, we're living in the midst of a third of America's museums are shutting permanently, you know? Yeah. I mean, this goes back to, to what you always say about, you know, the, the cave paintings in France, you know, for, right. who are they for? So, right. I mean, maybe it's their, for their own sake and whoever wants to come into this cave and hear this great work can. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I that's guess always that's the it. question. Yeah, yeah you know? it's the question. And, I, and, and on one level, that is the answer. And I, and I think we all know that. It's, and it's why we, we do it. But, but it, is, um, it is interesting in terms of 
where one's ideas come from, how one writes, mm. what one next writes for this. Um, because I, this is what I find like mysterious and slightly disturbing, I think. Right. Um, because I, because I, because I don't know how reflexive my unconscious is, you know. I, it's uh, such a, you know, the, the moment's always changing. I don't, you know, it's funny as I, if, if you step back and look at this whole, what's happening almost like a show, there's certain images and things that pop out. I, you know, David Geffen on his yacht, he posted an Instagram post about it. I don't know if you saw that where, you know, well, I'm, it was, uh, then he quickly took it down, but it was a picture of his yacht, which is $559 million for a fucking boat. It's like a city. He had a picture of it. It said sunset in the Grenadines. We're self-isolating. Hope everybody's safe. Like that's, you know, that pops out at me as some insane part of this. He quickly took it down because one of his handlers or whatever says, don't do that. Um, that <laughs> pops out to me. Um, you know, I don't know if you, Trump had a, um, press conference a month ago on his golf course in Miralago. And do you remember that? And, and somebody went by and yelled out white power. There was a guy in a golf cart. There's just something about, you know, some white dude in a golf cart yells out white power. Like just something about this moment that's so strange and pornographic and weird. And yeah, but yeah, and the TV show that's happening right now. Well, these things are popping out. But yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I, you know, as I say, I, I feel incredibly grateful that I'm, that I'm in Norway because, um, because I'm relatively free of, of a lot of the spectacle. And, and not only am I in Norway, you know, I'm, I'm in a relatively rural part of Norway. Yeah. Um, lucky. But, you know, we, we took a vacation um, down partly to, to meet friends um, who live in Oslo and we don't get to see enough. And it was really, really great to see them. They have a new daughter and that was all really fun. But, you know, during this vacation, we were at like, you know, an amusement park for the kids, this kind of Norwegian version of Disneyland. And it was perfectly normal. The point is like nobody social distanced, nobody had masks, nobody did anything. I mean, there was none of that. And, and then I read what's happening in the US and, um, and it's surreal. I, I, you know, because I'm, I'm not experiencing that. I have, nobody has kicked me out of, you know, the Whole Foods market for not wearing a mask. <laughs> right. Um, well, what do you make of Sweden and, and the way they did it differently? And Well, it's interesting. I mean, um, Sweden and Norway are always have this sort of mild antagonism and competition with each other. Um, Denmark's usually kind of left out of it. Everybody likes Danes. Um, and, and, um, Swedes and Norwegians, um, I had both Swedish and Norwegian students at the film school. And I said, remember, how come you guys don't like each other? It's so weird. I mean, they do, but they don't. Right, right, right. Um, so when, when Sweden declared this thing, the first thing that, that happened was, um, the World Health Organization contacted the Danish Prime Minister and the Norwegian Prime Minister, they're both women, and, um, and I think really scared them. And so both countries locked down everything. Huh. We had like a week of, you know, the schools shut for a while and, and a few weeks, and it was very weird. And then the Norwegian Prime Minister got on television 
and said, I want to apologize because I think there was never a reason for this. Uh, we were scared and, um, you know, the global mm. medical institutions, organizations came and, and she was kind of saying we were scared into being like overreactive and there was never a reason. So everything kind of lifted more or less. But Sweden was not part of that equation. Sweden from the beginning said, fuck this, we're not, we're not going to lock down. And um, partly because they have this, the, the Minister of Health is, is a kind of radical guy and he's cool and he didn't do it. And at first everyone said, oh, but you see, you're getting, you know, all these numbers of cases and higher fatality and stuff. But what happened, what has happened through the whole course of this thing is that people have come to realize numbers, the numbers and statistics and percentages that are being trotted out are meaningless because everybody is counting differently. Some people are back counting. Some people, if you test positive for COVID, you walk outside and get hit by a bus, you're a COVID right, death. Right, right. Um, and, and Italy did this. Others, others it's, there you know, was wholesale um, carnage at, at, you know, uh, homes for the aged, and that was a, a, a really a catastrophe. And and um, in several countries, and I think that even happened in Sweden. Anyway, uh, but but what became apparent was there's no excess death. Mostly, it's old people, people with you know comorbidities, respiratory problems, right, right, uh, chronic right. obesity, or something. And that in Sweden, uh, life has gone on absolutely without interruption, and their death tolls are roughly like ours. You know, none of it, none of it has mattered. So, um, you know, they opened the, the borders to Denmark a couple weeks ago, and they haven't yet to Sweden. But I just take that as the normal <laughs> Norwegian and Swedish animosity to Rivalry, some degree. right right because right. there's a lot of norwegians who own cabins summer cabins in sweden you know sweden is is really beautiful in the summer i have to say um right. and if i bought a cabin um i mean we have a cabin but it's in norway if it, i'm always lobbying my wife that let's sell it and buy one in sweden because the swedish countryside rural countryside is, is amazingly beautiful and um, their summers are kind of nicer than Norway's actually. Right, right, so, right. right. Um, anyway, but but yeah, but but that has become the that that everybody, I think in Europe, my sense talking to all the people I know in Europe, and I know I have good friends in Germany, in Belgium, um, in Denmark, several, um, and even one or two still in France, uh, and one in Italy, and. My sense is that nobody is afraid of this. It, the governments are still doing whatever they're doing because there's, you know, for a variety of reasons, having right. to do with their relationship to World Health Organization, to the United States, all of these things. But then nowhere in Europe is anybody hysterical or afraid or running around demanding masks, except for apparently Spain that has a mandatory mask um, ruling right now. And that's very strange and nobody understands it because again, mm. you know, 
people are not dropping over in the street. It's like the baseball players where we started this, you know. Um, right, right. Had, had, had they said two players are taken rush to the hospital, they're violently ill, one may die, right, right. I would go, right, okay, cancel the games, maybe, you know, maybe we have to rethink, but they're not. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, just about the, another last little point about the baseball thing to add another level of unreality. So the crowd, they, you know, they have digital people and cut out people in the stands. They have digital people, at least on Fox Sports that you can see. By. Um, but then the, they pump in crowd noise into the empty stadium. But the source of the crowd noise is the video game MLB The Show. So wow. you're just in this <laughs> multi-level, you know, simulated thing. So, and then, you know, to go back to your point about this, this moment and, you know, who do we do the work for? I, you know, it's hard. I'm kind of stuck. I mean, the moment's constantly changing. I don't know what anything is going to look like a month from now. Yeah. So how do you address that? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm working yeah. on another piece and, and um, yeah, I feel the, the ground shifting beneath my feet. It's true. I, yeah. I, I don't know what I, I don't know why that museum thing mm kind of got to me stuck because I thought that that art's going to disappear into into private collections almost certainly almost certainly and right. and that makes me angry and sad and um and and I feel helpless and museums mean a lot to me you know mm. people always take shots at museums and I get why and there's a lot of dumb museums and some of major museums have been turned into their run like Hollywood studios now. Yes, all of that's true. But I mean, I, some of the, you know, the most pleasant days of my life have been spent oh, yeah. wandering museums, you know, all over the world. And yeah, um, I feel like that's being taken from me or something. And, and, right, right. and, and from my kids, you know, I think I want to take mm. them museums and they're going to be old enough soon and you know yeah uh, well i can't because D david geffen bought it all or you know exactly. yeah. Musk bought it all and he's you know the the, the caravaggio's on his uh yeah yeah that party, party deck of his, of his it's a little wet right now but it's, it's yeah you can look at it on his instagram no page. fuck it's That's a nightmare. moment man yeah. yeah yeah well i mean let's do another one of these you know in a few weeks and see what's changed that'll right that'll be interesting but i think and i think you know i mean this was interesting to talk at because i think i think taking the pulse of 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 popular television and stuff is interesting and why oh yeah getting back to that and we should next time too like why why certain shows stick why they why walking dead became part of the you know part of the culture it's a reference right. point now you have to know who rick grimes is right. um how that happens is is fascinating and and i tend to have like horrible predictive um if if a show comes on like i remember watching an early episode first couple of episodes of Walking Dead, I said, oh, this is going to get canceled mid-season, you know, <laughs> because I just, I, where does this go, you know? Right, um, right. And, and you're just going to wander through the 
you know, forever. I like, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, so, you know, other, this, I, I, I've heard, that, I know people that have worked on the show. So the set for that show, which is in Georgia, like right. outside of Atlanta, they built the whole set. People visit it as if it's a theme park or a real place and they have to kind of keep people out and they photograph it and it's become a real thing, kind of, you know? And then there's a the whole question, you know, fan fiction and all that stuff, but, but yeah. Wow. So that's a great topic. Why does this stuff stick? Yeah, why does certain popular stuff imagination? Stick? Yeah. Yeah, and other things that you think should be, you know, um, should be absolutely guaranteed to, to run at least a few seasons don't, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's, some, as I say, some of it's just a capricious, you know, nature of, of, you know, time slots and all that. But that's ever less important, I think, because people stream stuff. And I don't right. know, man. I don't know. Um, but thank you. And, and um, let's do it again in a, in a couple of weeks. And for everybody else listening, um, the, the one acts keep coming on uh, aesthetic resistance on SoundCloud. Uh, I'll thank Jack Littman again, who has been um, heroic in, in um, producing a lot of this, most of it, all of it, and, and doing the tech. And, um, and right now, Calla Churchwald uh, has a short piece up, a nice little piece, first thing she's ever had, um, ever wrote, actually, for, for theater. Great. So um that's really cool all right man thank you good luck always a pleasure john thank you my friend <laughs> yeah you too, we'll buddy. talk soon okay talk soon. adios be well